0: from the book of Isaiah. The first is in chapter 1, which is verses 1 to 20, and is on page 685 in the church books. And the second is Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 3, which is on page 693 of the church Bibles. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 20, on page 685. This vision concerning Judea and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amos saw during the reign of Uzziah, Jotham, Isa, and Hezekiah, kings of Judea. A rebellious nation. Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared up children and brought them up, for they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his master. The donkey his owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Our sinful nation. a people loaded with guilt. (coughs) A brood of evildoers. Children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurred the Holy One of Israel. And turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head there is no soundness. Only wounds and bruises and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners. Right before you, laid waste. As when overthrown by strangers, the daughter of Zion is left, like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in the field of melons, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom, we would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the words of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah, the multitude of your sacrifices. What are they to me, says the Lord? I have had more than enough of your burnt offerings, of rams and fat of the fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked you this of you? This trampling of my cords. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your innocence is distasteful. <coughs> new moon sabbaths and covocations. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. Your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. My soul hates them. They have become a burden to me, and I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you, even if you offer many prayers. I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. From the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 to 3 on page 693. Hmm. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past he humbled the land of the and the land of Nephathli. But in the future he will honour Galilee in the Gentiles, by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the shadow of death a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoiced at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. Lord God, at the start of this Advent season. We pray that the words that we read, that we dwell upon, that we think about, you would bring meaning to us for our own lives. That you would be speaking and that we would be willing to listen. In your name, Amen. 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 give yourself a year old and another hour balancing your that you have a chance of escaping my terrible fate. A chance I got you. You are always a good friend to me. You will be haunted by three spirits. This is a charge, this a chance you swap? You In that case, I've got enough. Without their visits, you have no hope of escaping your fate. Expect the first tomorrow with a better tone as well. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over and down with Expect the second spirit on the next night at the same time and the third the night following. at Good. Look to see me no more. Each year at Advent, Christmas Everywhere revisits a certain old Victorian story. Images of snow covered English cobblestone streets, the sentimentally portrayed ragged poor, and the ever more familiar plotline that doesn't seem to grow tiresome through the years. Charles Dickens' preachy little tale, A Christmas Carol. It holds us captive like the returning relative we have come to expect, even yearn, to see every holiday season. We may have memorised Tiny Tim's proverbial blessing at the end of the story. We can anticipate every work of rebuke that the spirits give to begrudging old Scrooge. Year after year, we sit in front of our TV screens with a big bowl of butter-drenched popcorn warm and comfortable in the embrace of a loved one or a favoured blanket, and let the best of a dozen dramas bring Dickens into our living room. The plot is doubtless melodramatic and unsophisticated by our modern standards. We could choose to scoff at the corniness of a sick child being called Tiny Tim, we can easily blame the Cratchits' lack of ambition and poor planning for their poverty. We could assume that our modern welfare system would take care of the Bob Cratchits of this world in this day and age if they really were in that much need. Certainly, we as Christians would deny any role in the Cratchits' poverty. We're not like Scrooge, but how we do enjoy rebuking him. Alongside the spirits. As Christians, perhaps we should feel guilty about enjoying this story if we do quite so much. The spirits and life situations of A Christmas Carol seem strangely out of place in any modern evangelical Christian observation of Christmas. We may want to ask where is the nativity story in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? The presence of the spirits may seem pagan because we don't believe in ghosts. We may blush to the degree of which we are drawn to this sentimental tale. But perhaps we shouldn't blush so much because a Christmas carol may be more Christian than it first appears. And so, as we enjoy this festive tale, we meet Scrooge, a man white-knuckling his way through life. A fellow who is alone, who is self-reliant, famously tight-fisted, seemingly unable to trust anybody, neither God nor man. As we observe this life through book or film, we observe one who is sucked into the big message of self-reliance, like many in our society. Preaching that man must make his own way and luck in this world and backing up his words with action in the treatment of his family and staff alike. Tight-fisted to the extreme, unable to release in order to show show love. It was at the time when Dickens wrote his novel in the first place, and it's still good to be today a metaphor, an image, a startling, shocking resemblance to the tight-fistedness of our world in 2017. So let me ask, at the beginning of this Christmas season, at the beginning of Advent, 2017, how has it been for you? A year where Donald Trump not only settled in to being leader of the free world, but brought into our consciousness the words alternative fact and fake news. A year where there has been focus on differences in our country and abroad as we negotiate Brexit. And ISIS and other terror organisations sent out messages of hate and violence. Where there's violent and worrying rhetoric from North Korea who shout at America and then America shouts back. With threats of war and nuclear missiles so that we all feel a little bit less safe than maybe we did before. Where closer to home we have the NHS cuts, crowded hospitals, crowded schools struggling for resources, old age provision cuts as we can no longer afford our country's way of life. In an overcomplicated world. A world which too much seems to fit with this fellow Scrooge who lives at the turn of the last century or even the one before that, white knuckling his way through life, self reliant, tight fisted, increasingly lonely, unable to love or trust God or man. The world. Sometimes, when we read our newspapers, when we look on the internet for news, when we tune in to the six o'clock and ten o'clock news, or however you find out what's going on in the world, can seem as cold as the bitterest winter. And the doors of the house that it inhabits, just like Scrooge on that Christmas Eve, seem locked shut. But the message of Christmas and the message of Advent. The story of the baby in the manger is of hope, of things changing against the odds, of a long winter ending. For there is no door locked so tight that God is not able to work an opening to bring forth eternal life. Which is not just a message for us This Christmas time, but was a message for God's people at the start of our passage. A people who seem a bit too much like Ebenezer Scrooge. A people who have become self reliant and far from God. A people who had logged their way of life and hearts to the ways of God. A people who had their hands clenched tight, refusing to open them to the love of God. And as we read chapter 1 of Isaiah we realise that this is not the nice God that we put on Christmas greeting cards or speak out sentimental sayings about at Christmas time. But our holy God who has expectations of how God's people will live. Expectations that by Isaiah's time have been broken. And now, when surveying God's broken people, God's broken way of life, God's broken expectations, Isaiah, like Marley in the film clip, warns them of the consequences. That no longer would they feel the favour of God. That no longer were they protected. That now, because of their choices, exile was coming. Now, the true result of their worship of foreign gods would be realised as they would become shackled to them. Because somewhere along the line, God's own people had got it wrong. Somewhere along the line, they had thought wrong and then behaved wrongly after. Callous living, living to callous hearts. Locked up to God, broken so far out of touch to what God wanted them to do. Where, we may well ask, is the hope in that? But God calls out at the end of the passage in um, chapter 1 and again in chapter 9 and says that all is not lost, that the gloom would not last, that the people who are walking in darkness will see a great light. On those living in the shadow of darkness a light has dawned. The years change, people. I don't wish to look sad. You must. There's nothing the world is so hard on as poverty, There's nothing that professes to condemn with such severity as a pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much. All your noble hopes emerge is the one hope of being rich. One master of passion engulfs you. Money. What of it? Even if I've grown wiser I've changed towards you, have I? Our promise to marry is an old one. It was made when we were poor and content to be so until we improved our fortunes. You are changed. When we promised each other you were another man. I was a boy. How often and how keenly I thought of this, I will not say. But I have got to fit and can release you from your promise. No, no. Have I ever asked you to release me? In words, no. Never. How then? In your changed nature, in everything that made me love you. If this had never been between us, tell me, would you seek me out and try to win me now? think I know you, my love. Speak to her. Why does <laughs> he speak to her? If you were free today, tomorrow, yesterday, would you choose a poor girl like me to marry you? You who weigh everything by gain. No. There'd be no profit in it. And if you forgot your principle of profit for a moment and didn't marry me, you'd regret it, my love. I know. And so I release you with a full heart for the love of the man who once were. The problem is that the past can lock us up, can trip us up, and get in the way. And this is true for the heroes of the Christmas accounts, the Nativity story. Mary, a young girl, captured, trapped, tricked up by the expectation and limits of her culture. Joseph, a young man living in a country and land whose independence was lost. Shepherds suffering under the heartless and bleak Roman occupation, directly caused by the choices of previous generations of God's people as they lived out their tight-fistedness to God. Those who had failed to protect the orphan, for they were now spiritually orphaned. Those who had, heard the, who had not heard the cry of pity from the wilderness, for now God seemed to not hear their cry. Those who have been silent in their worship of God and now by the time the angel visited Mary, God seemed to have been quiet for 400 years. Given that past, when the angel stands in their midst, a messenger from God, will our heroes keep their hands tight shut or will they be opened to the things and love of God? Bruce was locked in, tripped up, tight-fisted due to his past, orchestrated and let down by the world that he lived in, lost to his family, mocked by his friends, an abandoned child becoming an abandoned adult as often is the way in our world. The sad truth is that Christmas doesn't always bring up warm feelings for many people. It can conjure up images of raging drunks, of broken Christmas trees, of calls from bill collectors, of angry voices battling adults and painful, painful loneliness. Fear and dread can sometimes occupy this season more than merriment and joy. And so we too can find ourselves presented with a message of grace but feel captured, trapped, tripped up by the ghost. Of Christmas past? When we fall victim to our tight fisted, white knuckling, mean world, will we react the same way? Or will the call of God's love resurrect something different inside of us? Whatever it may be that trips us up, that catches us, that keeps us trapped, that makes it seem like there has been 400 years or 2,000 years of silence. The message of the Christ child is that God wants to break in and bring freedom, whatever the past and whatever that makes us feel like. Freedom from the way the world is, freedom from our experiences, freedom from our own dealings with God's opposed to eternal life. God's call, heard from the cry of hope in Isaiah 9, seen in the birth of the baby Jesus in the Gospels, is to take our own tight-fistedness, whatever the reason, and against the odds, open ourselves up to God's love again. God's call from the prophecy of Isaiah, climaxing in chapter 9, is to react to God, to commune with God, in short, to have relationship with God. As the angel stands in front of Mary and says, you are with child. As the dream says to Joseph, take Mary as your wife. As the angel cries, do not be afraid to the shepherds. As a star appears in the sky for the Magi to follow. This is the call to take Jesus into our hearts. To take the orphaned, poor child laid in a manger. The child of God. To give the results of our broken, tight-fisted, white-knuckling world over to God. To open our fists for the good of humankind so that God can work. The winter will end and eternal life will blossom. So this Christmas, will we do the same? Will we once again open ourselves up to the love of God and expect him to do something amazing with the lives that we have? Whatever it's looked like in the past. Well, if we want to... This is where we can start, with prayerful thought and worship, by waiting on God to do something and to speak to us as we wait. Scrooge's journey of repentance starts with a deep look at his life. God's people journey back from exile started with laying down their own self-reliance and rebellion from God. Mary and Joseph and the rest start with responding to God despite circumstances And the past. Because when we ask God what we can do in our tight-fisted world. What God would have us do. God might just by faith bring about a paradigm shift. A total change. A winter turning into summer type of change. Because believe it or not, beyond the Christmas story. Beyond even what we have in scripture. It has happened before. A group of Quakers took to prayer, and out of that came the Freedom for Slaves movement. A group of Methodists took to prayer, and out of that came the Freedom from Child Labour movement. A Baptist minister, Martin Luther King Jr., prayed and was pivotal in the race equality movement in America. Because however we have been dealt with in the past, however our world still deals with us today, true worship of God comes from peace with God. And the hope of Christmas is the prophet's voice telling us, however dark the dawn, light has shined from the Christ child. Light that brings freedom from tight-fistedness. Light that brings freedom from our white Nepaline society. Light that takes our closed hands and opens them up to the love of God. We're going to enter into a time of prayer. Now, around the room, there are several prayer stations, one behind me, one on the um, table with the Advent candles on, and two um, at the back of the room. They're all to do with the season of Christmas and Advent, so please do, if you feel comfortable, go around and have a look at them. Um, Some music is going to be playing and three images appearing on the screen, so if you don't want to move, there's absolutely no pressure to do so. (laughs) She jumped. She